Hello and welcome to another Audio WTF1 podcast. I'm Katie and I'm joined by Tommy. And before we get into this, I'd just like to give a little shout out to Chris Hammersley, who DM'd me on Instagram the other day and said, Hi, I love the audio podcast, but can I give one bit of feedback? You should say, when you say audio only, I think it's limitation. You should call it an audio exclusive podcast, which I really like the sound of because it makes us sound like, well, posh. (laughs) So this is now an audio exclusive podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the Australian Grand Prix Quali because, my goodness, that was definitely worth getting up for, for us European fans. Tommy, what were your thoughts on Aussie Quali? Yeah, it was a good one. Really eventful. The whole weekend just seems really eventful with obviously Scooter Seb and DRS zones being dropped and, well, there being four DRS zones that was made such a thing of and now there's not. And then the drama of uh, quality as well, you know, red flags and yeah, should should make for an interesting race as well. I really hope that, yeah, all the excitement and crazy things that have happened throughout yesterday and today also follow through to Sunday and it isn't just a real boring race but hopefully with the track changes and as you say like there's just been so much going on that it will be a good race uh but let's talk first about Charles Leclerc our pole man um there were some doubts because he was actually brought up to the steward's office um for potentially going too slow on one of the laps but it's been all kicked out and dismissed now but you were you surprised at the clerk poll did you think it was going to be an easy win what were your thoughts going into quali i'm not surprised at uh, leclerc poll it seems i mean we put it in our prediction i think we all picked leclerc verstappen one two in our predictions so i yeah saw it coming maybe the margin was a bit surprising um but it does feel like maybe red bull sets them from from what we've seen from the first two races maybe red bull sets themselves up a bit more for the race and maybe have a bit better race pace than ferrari uh was evident in the last two races obviously verstappen ended up having the failure in the first one but the way verstappen you know we saw an fp1 i think it was an fp2 someone plotted where they were fastest and it's always the same. Leclerc in the corners was tapping on the straight. So that's going to make for another fascinating race. But I did see Leclerc doing it because it looks like Ferrari just that bit better in quali trim at the moment. It's a very good point. And this is a circuit that's previously suited Ferrari quite well. And obviously Ferrari on an absolute roll at the moment. So yeah, it kind of seems somewhat inevitable. But saying that, we certainly had a few candidates for pole, including obviously the likes of Verstappen. Sergio Perez continuing on with his quali form that he had in Saudi Arabia. Like, wow, I, I wasn't sure if Saudi was a one-off or what's going on, but clearly he's found something new to put on his breakfast because he was doing things out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you love that. You love that breakfast analogy. Yeah, I think Perez is um probably been one of the biggest surprises of the year in terms of his quality so far. I know it's only three races and obviously one of them being the fact that uh, he got pole. Uh, and then the other one, it did look like he was genuinely on Verstappen's pace and he was struggling. Obviously Verstappen did get the better of him in the end, but yeah, Sergio's definitely picked up his qualifying, which was his biggest weakness, no doubt last year. You know, it's not 
it's not hating on him. It's not anything like that. I mean, he is just fact. Like he did have a poor qualifying. He never beat Verstappen other than it was Imola, wasn't Imola? it? Second race last year. Um, so, and he's definitely a lot closer. So uh, yeah, good luck from Perez, but it did just feel like it wasn't to be for him because he went one thousandth slower than Verstappen. And then when Leclerc went fastest, he went one thousandth slower than him. I can't say thousandth very well, as you can <laughs> stumble my words when I say it. I mean, he's been on the booze. He hasn't asked the joke, but yeah, <laughs> um, it was it was certainly um, a very close qualifying. And one chap who I really, I thought he could have done something special today. And we'll probably talk about it a bit uh, later on in the podcast, but Fernando Alonso, I mean, I'm Don't. still mourning. Like, I'm really sad at that because that could have been pure magic. That was like Verstappen in Saudi last year kind of vibes of like the what if. Yeah. Also crying. We can't, people can't see you, but you're actually, you've got tears in your eyes at the moment. And (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely, I'm glad I wasn't on the watch along because I would have been inconsolable. Um, Absolutely. Honestly, I was absolutely gutted. Um, but I guess the good thing, the good thing is he, um, it shows that that Alpine does have pace and we know what Alonso can do in a car. That's not, you know, amazing. Yeah. It's it's obviously a good car this year, but it's certainly not Ferrari and Red Bull, but Alonso's shown throughout his career that he can pull an absolute average car to unbelievable positions and apparently still do it in his 40s, which is just unbelievable. Uh, he is 40 now, isn't he, before I get I get that wrong. I need to double check <laughs> He's that. still 21 at heart, I think. <laughs> but yeah, yeah AJ, um, I think he's like 40, 41 maybe. He is 40. Yeah, exactly 40. Okay, so I was right. Oh, um, yeah, uh, unbelievable performance from Alonso. And I will admit, because I noticed Matt did this on the quali watch long as well. I was exactly the same when immediately he went off and went hydraulics. I was like, I do believe you, but part of me also <laughs> goes, this is Fernando Alonso and he doesn't like to admit fault because no racing driver does uh, that. You know, they're fully confident in themselves, but it was actually hydraulics, which makes it even more painful um, because we could have seen that lap. He was, he was purple in sector two by two and a half tenths. I think it was. So it was genuinely an absolutely unreal lap. Um, whether it'd have got pole, I'm not sure to be perfectly honest. Um, obviously he's going to say, say he was going to yeah. be, but, uh, there's no doubt that I think he probably would have been P4, uh, maybe even P3. Um, yeah, but I mean, what a, what a performance. I mean, I just hope that we don't look back on that and go, oh, that was a chance for Alonso to really do something special there. And it happens again without the failures um, because that'd be great to see. It really would, yeah. Brutal time to be a Fernando Alonso fan, but um, hopefully from P10, he can maybe do something crazy. I don't know, get past a few cars before. I'm sure there'll be an inevitable safety car. Um, But yeah, let's go through the top 10 quickly before we dive into 
anything else. So Leclerc, uh, P1, as we mentioned, then Verstappen, Perez, Lando Norris putting in a cheeky P4, which we'll go into as well, because that's a fantastic result from him. Hamilton in P5, which is also good considering how the Mercedes have recently looked, with George Russell just behind him in P6. Home hero Danny Rick was in P7, Ocon P8, Sainz in P9, and Fernando Alonso P10. Right, let's talk about Carlos Sainz, because... That was one angry man. He was not happy after <laughs> after qualifying, as you would expect, because he was looking so promising throughout this whole weekend. I don't want to jinx it or add anything like this, but lots of fans had suggested, and I think even it was one of our fan predictions, that Australia could be the place that science finally, something crazy happened and he got that maiden win. And then he got P9 in qualifying through no fault of his own. He said everything that went wrong, that anything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, and the only thing that was going to sort of cure this depression that he had was a good night's sleep. So hopefully for you, Carlos, you get your beauty rest and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and you can come back tomorrow stronger. But yeah, what an absolute shocker for him. Yeah, he's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, don't, I personally don't think he would have beaten Leclerc. Maybe he would have, put it in behind Leclerc on the front row um, because obviously he had that other chance, but I think you wrote something about it. Did he have like warm-up issues or something? Did he say he couldn't warm the car up properly or didn't have enough time? Uh, yes, yeah, so he had a problem. They had a problem with the starters. They couldn't start the car. So then they had to go out three minutes later than when they were originally planning to. And then he couldn't prepare the tyres and warm them up very well. So, yeah, basically going out with freezing cold tyres. And then even before that, he lost his chance at a really good lap when the red flag was shown. So By the he... tiniest margin. It must have been about three seconds and Leclerc just got his lap in, which if there's ever a oh, sign, well, I'm sure Matt will be saying this is, that's just proof that it's Leclerc's, you know, potentially Leclerc's year that when, when you're, you know, he's obviously driving extremely well, but, you know, when those little decisions go away that, that are really pivotal in the World Championship, um, Leclerc just made it across the line and got got that thing. But, yeah, science made a mistake in the, in the chicane that I saw, um, which I think probably... he probably made the mistake because his tyres were so cold. Yeah, I imagine yeah. that's why, yeah. But yeah, so he, I guess he, he is like it's a un- mistake. unlucky, but also, yeah, not, not great. But, um, I mean... It, it provides some entertainment because he's going to have a very quick car in the midfield because I think someone, I feel like it was in the last podcast, someone asked us, uh, sorry, in the, the Saudi one saying like, we've oh, never yeah, we've true. never seen a car, we've not seen a car like absolutely breeze through the field yet. And we said, we'll wait till, you know, someone like science or whatever has a bad quality. And there you go. We jinxed him. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're going to have to stop these podcasts. We're just jinxing everyone at this rate. But yeah, really unfortunate for for poor Carlos. And like you say, we'll be I'll be excited to see how he can make his way through the field because we saw it. Oh, was the race last year? I want to say something like Russia, but I think that was the clerk that stayed at the back. But there was definitely a Grand Prix last year where he started further back and he sort of made his way through the field and he won driver of the day for it. And I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was, but um, that a few definitely times happened last year. Yeah, I don't think I've Turkey. made that up. <laughs> Oh, it could be Turkey, actually. That sounds about right. Turkey. Yeah, I think it was Turkey. Yeah. We'll say Turkey. I'm sure people will be quick enough to tell us (laughs) on social media if we're wrong. Um, And what else do we have going on? Oh, Stroll versus Latifi, Tommy. The Battle of the Canadians. And what a 
can I say it? Mm, cock up. <laughs> can I <laughs> yes. say that? Will I get us demonetized? Who knows? Um, but yeah, what a mess from those two. Kind of a bit of a blaming match initially, which once again, <laughs> welcome to being a racing driver. Blame anyone but yourself. I just watched that stroll interview because I missed it after and he didn't oh, yeah. even convince himself where he's like there was a the, the track like slopes down and that's why i crashed into him or something it was like okay mate yeah okay you, you, um, you keep telling yourself that <laughs> i said it in the last podcast that stroll lacks awareness and it was weird that latifi obviously let him through and then repassed him but mm. the fact the stroll backed off latifi obviously just thought well, you're going crazy slow, I'll go past. And it is a bit of a misunderstanding, but Stroll, you know, really did turn. The weirdest thing about, about this is when you look at the onboard, obviously I've had a bit of, not beef with Stroll, but mentioned that I personally don't think a lot of the incidents he's involved in, he is blameless in, and a lot of them are not 100% his fault, but he's turning into a corner like someone isn't there and you have to put a bit of blame on him for that. Uh, And then obviously just taking himself out of the race and the other person's getting a penalty, but then he's just damaging his own race. Uh, This one, you could see him looking in his right mirror, so I don't understand. Surely he saw Latifi. I mean, we'll never know. The drivers have said so many times that mirrors are, it is difficult to see in your mirrors in a Formula One car and it will be nothing like our road cars. However, you can see him staring. (laughs) Yeah, you can see him staring in that right mirror the whole time. And then Latifi comes in and then maybe that was the bit of mysterious track that rolls down slightly that's sort of taken him into Latifi. Who knows? But yeah, it very much looked like uh, from from the interview, it was him really sort of trying to cover his back and not just say, to be honest, guys, I messed up, my bad, um, misjudged it. I think it was, even if he'd said it was a 50-50, which I think uh, Latifi wasn't entirely blameless, but I think the, the correct decision has been made by the stewards personally. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, and obviously watching it, they kind of cut to it live, whether that was accidentally or initially. And it looked so bad because it just went from like, da-da-da, going around the track to jump, like the TV's yeah, in the, the wall. crashed crazy. again. Oh, God. What's happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I've got to tell you this little bit of um, chat that he's had with some of the media afterwards, because when I read it, it did break my heart a little bit, but I am a sensitive soul. So maybe I'm just a wimp. Um, so he said, um, da, 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 da. I will get there. Oh yeah. So it's unfortunate after the Saudi crashes is what the, the journalist Scott Mitchell from the race said. And Latifa replied, that was always the goal this weekend to have a clean weekend and minimize or limit any mistakes from my side um and then yeah basically just saying it's a real inter rude word here thing for lack of a better word but yeah poor guy like imagine showing up to an f1 weekend to be like right the only goal this weekend is to not be it oh god strolls just planted me Even if i cannot that. believe it was he admitting <laughs> blame to himself then a little no, bit, I or think was he just saying i can't believe this these happened things yeah, they said, yes, there are things like this that can always happen in racing, like incidents. Um, but for something like this to happen in a cool down lap is extremely disappointing. 
um and then yeah basically said it, it's clear that stroll didn't know i was there otherwise no driver would turn in for sure he did not see me there he wasn't looking in his mirrors we were both on cooldown laps, but you still have to be aware of your surroundings at all times. But to, I'm not, you know, going to sit here and say Stroll was completely innocent and, you know, he's looking in those mirrors. But drivers have complained about visibility in these new cars. Um, so I wonder if that also played a part in it. But still, you've got to maybe think a bit more about your surroundings. You can't just be like, oh, I can't really see my mirrors very well. I'll just pull over to the to the right here and hope there's nobody. Oh, no, there's a car there. Oh, God, I just caused a massive crash. That's really bad. And then get all hissy with the TV on the radio. But Yeah, I mean, Aston, Aston Martin have had the weekend from hell, really, with all the crashes and incidents and stuff. Been a nightmare really for them. But hey-ho. Yeah. Hey, hey, at least they Lawrence fixed, uh, plan. <laughs> yeah, at least they fixed Vettel's car in time for him to qualify 17th or whatever he will very finish. <laughs> Where did oh, he finish? Dear. One, two, 18th. Yeah, come on, give him. Oh, oh no, in fact, you said <laughs> 18th, which will be 17th because another thing is Alban got disqualified for. Fuel. Oh, yeah, that also happened. Aston Martin and Williams crazy... are just like nightmare this this year really yeah i really what hope their luck changes <laughs> yeah um but yeah with alban you mentioned there his disqualification as well he didn't have enough fuel um to be tested after the qualifying sessions so was disqualified very similar to what we saw with um sebastian vettel last year in hungary um but obviously that was in a race and cost him a podium position whereas this was like oh you were going to be at the back and oh you're still at the back but you've just been disqualified now but the stewards have given him permission to race which i'm sure he's absolutely thrilled about yeah, <laughs> starting standard. from the back in a williams Woo, crazy standard um, stuff when you get disqualified from quali i don't can't remember really an incident where they don't let you race they, they have to get permission don't they but it's not it's never not happened. I mean, Ham- it happened to Hamilton, didn't it, in Brazil, most famously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they weren't going to go, no, you know what? We won't let you race. <laughs> I know <laughs> you people can watch thought, from the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. I know people thought they wanted Max to win the title and anti Hamilton and all that, but I think that would have been a stretch too far <laughs> for him to just go, uh, actually, no, Lewis, you can't race. Perfect. Well, let's uh, wrap this up with um, any kind of final thoughts you've got, Tommy, maybe a star of quality or something similar? Uh, well, British bias, but um, I will say Lando Norris playing a very good performance that I would say is very underrated, to be honest. Um, yeah. Almost completely not, not even really mentioned that much that he uh, finished uh, fourth, which is, you know, impressive result. Obviously for me, the star of quality was Fernando Alonso, but uh, it wasn't to be, but, you know, we've got another 800 races this year. So I'm sure one of them will eventually come up. Uh, and I'd love to see him get a pole or just a win this year, please. That's what I want to see. <laughs> that's your that's the top of your wish list yeah um but yeah no Lando Norris as you say completely um everything was so chaotic after the the quality that kind of got a bit hidden with everything but he did say it felt like a pole position for him which was nice 
but yeah, thank you so much as ever, Tommy, for joining me for this quick little quali roundup. And um, we'll be back for the post press podcast on Monday if you're a Team WTF1 member. And um, also, if you are not, then what are you doing with your life? But you can also <laughs> you can also listen to it on Tuesday when it goes on the YouTube or on audio Monday evening. Basically, don't miss it. You're threatening our viewers to join Team WTF1, basically. Yes. Yeah, fair I enough. Am. cool thanks for your time Tommy and we'll speak to you all soon bye bye bye